0: This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early
1: episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus, it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Toad on Games podcast, the only podcast in the entire world that is out every week and has a different video games industry guest. I have absolutely no way of knowing whether that's true. But let's throw the claim out there, and I've said it; therefore, it's true. Who's this? Is a podcast, so I can't. You can't even argue
0: with it. Um, <laughs> with me today, I have Reese Bridger. Do you want to say hello and a bit about who you are? Hello. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that on the internet, everything you say is true. Absolutely. Just Every say single it. Thing. Yeah. Uh, So I am a game writer, a narrative designer of sorts. Uh, I'm also a voice actor and a casting director. I work with voice actors across the world to uh, find voice talent for indie projects in video games, animation and other such media. I love it. Um, Yeah, you're definitely
1: you're definitely a busy chap, definitely a busy (laughs) chap. Because I, oh, yeah. I mean, these aren't like these aren't like interviews. It's like I, I like to say this is a bit these podcasts are a bit more of a casual chat. But I still take notes and stuff. Mm. And so I was taking notes on you and sort of the stuff that you've done before. And I was just like, this is a lot. <laughs> like, there is. <laughs> it's just like oh, I do this and I'll do this. And, and by the way, I do a little bit of streaming. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like there is, oh, yeah. there's a lot going on here.
0: I I share a, a stream channel on Twitch with my partner, so busy.
1: Yeah, busy, busy that's good though that's good i mean the um we were saying before we started recording that the reason this kind of ended up happening is that i happen to be playing pumpkin jack at the moment <laughs> um by sheer coincidence um genuinely like i saw i saw the trailer for pumpkin jack and um, when it launched we, we've been following each other since be- before that but i ha- i actually didn't know you were involved in it and um and i was tweeting about it and saying it looked really really cool and kind of my my jam and then only after the fact found out that you were involved um Which is obviously awesome. So you were the, uh, were you the, you were responsible for the dialogue writing, is that correct?
0: Uh, I was responsible for the English uh, dialogue content, uh, the menu content, uh, fleshing out the story itself in places where the developer hadn't quite finished. And uh, I also managed to sneak in some uh, background lore into there as well, so made the, uh, the backstory a bit more interesting.
1: Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I I haven't finished it yet. I'm on like the I'm um, almost finished the third level at time recording. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Third level. Oh yeah. That's the one. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, like I am genuinely loving it. Like the best way to describe it for people that perhaps haven't um, um, seen it before is it's like a medieval like 3D platformer, mm. um, and yeah like everyone everyone that has seen me talking about it so far goes oh what's this this looks really cool and everyone seems down with it um you uh again before you started recording you were saying that you've kind of been trawling through all the reviews and streams and
0: yeah stuff. i've been i've been canvassing all the reviews i've been checking the <laughs> i've been checking the steam front every uh every like 15 minutes just looking at the new comments and everything and the twitch streams as well i think i must have found like a. Uh, i must have been watching like 20 different streamers in the last weekend just playing the game along and it's it's gratifying to say the least
1: yeah yeah it must be it must be really good to see i i've always seen i've always felt that when when i talk to developers the feedback they love the most is just watching a stream Mm. and the person not knowing that you're there like as if you're in an event and you know you're over their shoulder all the time and that sort of stuff. It's not the same kind of feedback. But watching stream, they're just like this bit shit or this bit. <laughs> do, you know, do, do you know that you know if they're enjoying it and they're saying stuff that's genuine, like they're actually loving it. And it's it must be it must be surreal. It must still be quite surreal for you to to see that sort of reaction.
0: It was. It it is surreal to see that. I've been kind of mixing, um, telling them at the offset. Hi, uh, I'm sorry that I, uh, uh, I've i missed so much of this already, but um, uh, I'm the writer. I hope you're enjoying it. And sometimes I'm just sort of laying in the background. Oh, hi, I'm, uh, I've never heard of this game. What is this game? I've never heard of it before. And I think my favorite reaction was from a streamer called uh, Snappy. And uh, Snappy she was tearing it apart even knowing that i was the writer like not in like a hateful way but like she was venting her frustration with certain levels and certain mechanics and uh i just loved it like the developer even even sat in on the stream as well because they found a a couple of bugs the, from the current patch at the time and it was fun just to see uh the developer come in just be like hey stop breaking my game
1: and I, I guess streamers must love that as well. They must love it when the developers all come on and oh yeah, and,
0: oh yeah. yeah it's it's really fun. It's it's a fun dialogue. It's a fun way of connecting between the uh, between the players and the uh, developers themselves. I I love it honestly.
1: That's awesome. So how did this end up coming about then? Because you've written for stuff before, right? So yeah, it, yeah. So how did this happen? Uh,
0: Well, I can't speak for anything before about uh, maybe six, seven, eight months ago. But um, before this, uh, on the Facebook groups for indie game developers, uh, they... The, the developer and one of his contacts kept posting all of these snippets of what was going into Pumpkin Jack at the time. So, like, uh, they had these early, these previews of uh, spider monsters that I don't think made it into the game, and uh, some updates from there. And me being a gigantic shill, uh, I just... Uh, I, every time I was sort of just messaging them, like, hey, you know, your game looks great. If there's anything I can ever do to help out, let me know. And I'm sure that I must have bored them to death with it at some point. But when the time came that Nicolas Maisonnier, the the, the actual developer, was like, hey, I actually think I do need a writer. Uh, I just immediately got that message and I sat down with him and, yeah, we worked out how we were going to do it and... Uh, What needed to be done, we struck up a balance of uh, what sort of tone they were going for and what sort of characterizations were going for, like the balance between character and uh, narrative. Because sometimes you can overwrite when you're trying to get the plot moving a bit. And uh, after that, it was about uh, three solid weeks of work over about four months, I think. Just spaced out when the work was ready to be done. And, after all that, the game finally got released last Friday, and it's been it's been trippy. It's been a real trip just watching all of that work come together, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, imagine I mean the reviews have been great as well the re- the re- it's actually been reviewed really well and received very well yeah um, i've
0: I've been. <laughs> I don't want to say I was surprised by that but <laughs> uh I've I've loved the reaction to it it's it's not just about the quality of it because I have faith in the game itself it's the volume like mm. I don't think I've ever worked on a game that's had this many people play it
1: that's cool yeah. I think there's there's a real oh, by the way I love that I love that you got the job by just going Psst, I would like to work on this <laughs> I love that that's so that's I, that's so inspiring <laughs> i <laughs> will have to bug people more
0: yeah yeah it, there's a balance it's it's not like shaking them down like hey if you don't give me a job on your game right goddamn now no 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 it was it was about like you know support being supportive and uh, making sure that they know you have faith in the project just for in the project rather just from what you've seen and you want to lend your support in a practical manner and yeah. eventually that faith will that faith in the project will make an impression and when it does actually become relevant then you're right there and you've already sort of stated your interest and you stated your your passion and your dedication to it your your investment Mm. and uh, yeah they 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 appreciate that people appreciate that i think
1: i guess that's that's what's interesting nowadays obviously with with everything being so more connected Hmm. um that developers are just online and very reachable. Like in the in the in the old days, it was just this game that I bought from a shop that has been made of magic. But nowadays, <laughs> you can go speak to developers. That you can just message them online and you can get involved in projects. And um, I wonder how many people do actually get actually involved in the development side of things simply through just randomly messaging people, messaging people online and stuff. It's uh, it's very really interesting. It's 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 interesting that those doors are open.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Discord servers are a big thing for that. Like, Mm. uh, when you're a writer or a community manager, community managers as well, I think uh, they get quite a lot of opportunities from uh, just existing in the proximity of a game developer's community. And that's what Discord servers for independent game developers are these days. Like, pretty much every game developer that is aware that it's a thing has a Discord server. So mm-hmm. you can lurk there, you can see what they're doing, you can get a feel for the project. And if you think that your skills are applicable, you can sort of make yourself uh, known to the developer. And if your skills are ever required and you're a good fit for the project, then you've got a partnership going.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, And even by extension on that, even every job I've ever had has either directly or indirectly come from Twitter. <laughs> which is kind of, which is kind of scary because i've i've had the i've had the thought of one day, this isn't gonna be here, and I don't know where the games industry is like where everyone's gonna go after that.
0: Well, think and about how many uh, think about problem. how many industries these days get their jobs from uh, just being in the right place in the right time and being the right person on Twitter. Right. Like game yeah. developers, voice actors, presidents, everyone gets their jobs through <laughs> Twitter now.
1: That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, oh dear!
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it with that one.
1: Oh, that is me. That is I'm President Ryan. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, 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 tangent. But yeah, as I was saying with um with the reception of this game it, and 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 seeing so many people sort of review it and play it and and talk about it and stuff. Yeah, it is just it is the kind of game that people want at the moment. Mm. Um, it's, like, not a 70-hour-long experience. It's a pretty, like, nostalgic, like, genre. We don't see that many entries in this genre, which is a surprise because I think there's literally millions of people interested in these kind of projects. Yeah. And so it yeah. is just, like, like I, I think it's just landed at the right time as well. Obviously, it's near Halloween. but I mean, just generally, <laughs> it's landed at the right time for people.
0: Yeah, there's... um. There's quite a few uh, similar genre projects out there that I know of and a couple that I'm uh, involved in otherwise. Like, Mm. Pumpkin Jack is definitely... This is definitely the right time of year for Pumpkin Jack, and I've seen some people in the comments saying that maybe they were a bit not quite satisfied with some of the previous uh, revivals of the genre that came out in the last year or so. So this was sort of like a breath of fresh air, or sort of it it took the place of what they were expecting from those uh, predecessors. Of what inspired this game, these revivals, um, and then of course you got games like uh, off the top of my head, just a couple of random plugs. Uh, there's a uh, Clive and Wrench, which is another sort of 3D platformer being developed by Indies uh, Billy I, Buster I did as the well. PR for
1: it, Skull. I should probably, I should probably disclose that. What? What was that? Did PR
0: for it. I did
1: the PR for that game. At oh Numskull. really?
0: Oh, <laughs> I've spoken to the developer once or twice, but um, uh, I didn't know that. Oh wow. Um and Did full disclosure, no, no, really? yeah, I've spoken to I've spoken to Rob on Discord a couple of times.
1: <laughs> a good day
0: Yeah. Um, and there's also uh, Billy Bust Up as well. Mm. Um, and Billy Bust Up is um, it, it's an, another similar sort of action platformer. Uh, 3D models. It, it's it's much cuter as well than Pubkin Jack. It's it's cute little animal characters and uh, that sort of thing. And full disclosure, I am a voice actor and a casting director on that game as well. So uh we we've both got things to disclose.
1: That game looks so good as well. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It's the uh, the musical boss battles got me.
1: Yeah, oh, I love it. I I've, I've genuinely been saying for years that I want to see more uh like m- musical games. It yeah. is surprising how very few there are like when you look the, the one I always point to is the Nightmare Before Christmas game mm-hmm. on the PS2. Mm which I wouldn't be surprised if this game has some sort of inspiration from.
0: I completely forgot about that for like um, three, four years. Mm. But before Pumpkin Jack got released, I started listening to it for getting like my thoughts going on other things about Pumpkin Jack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this was a thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was actually really good. And so few games have used that kind of idea of like an actual like you are playing a musical yeah um, yeah and i bloody love it
0: <laughs> i i love it as well and like uh i love the idea that some of these older genres that are limited in their narrative uh and they don't have to uh, buy into some of the modern uh game trends uh, like you know, microtransactions and online capability, online leaderboards, etc. I love how they can exist and compete in the market, uh, especially from smaller developers and solo developers, uh, with a lot of passion and nostalgia for them, without being necessarily buried. Like that—that that is one thing I was concerned about with this game because this is the time of year when everyone is kind of uh, releasing a game. I—I I, I released. Uh, I worked on a game that was released around literally like within a week of when pumpkin jack got released two years ago and it was a it was a fun experience to write and voice act and cast that game but it was buried by another game that released within a week of it that completely just dominated everyone's attention for like well it it, for like six months i think
1: right right yeah i think um for pumpkin jack specifically like uh obviously there's been as as we say there's been some 3d platformery revivals games hand time and ukulele and all that stuff but oh, this yeah. one's this one is is more medievally i suppose and the other <laughs> ones haven't really <laughs> that's a word now but the the other ones haven't really done that angle so it, it definitely fits like this gap that hasn't fully been filled yet
0: yeah um, yeah like I, I won't be able to speak to how people were feeling about uh the uh the medieval revival that came out earlier this year uh, i think i've seen some people compare it to that favorably, favorably or neutrally yes. in the reviews but yeah. um i personally never played medieval when i was a kid and i haven't picked up the the revival just yet uh but i am the guy who just started playing the outer worlds literally yesterday so
1: <laughs> oh mate you, you do not want to see how large my backlog is it's like 600 odd games i it i I despair um it's 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 interesting as you say how um it's great that these games can coexist with the realm of like multiplayer online games and leaderboards and stuff because uh, i think it was the samurai jack game that came out recently Mm. like i Mm. i I posted about that and said oh this looks like a ps2 game and everyone went oh right give it some slack and i was like (laughs) i mean that as a compliment like (laughs) it's like a ps2 game with modern day polish and that's that is not an insult like that is how fabulous to be able to have just like these these kind of experiences again like yeah i I would take like a three hour long decent 3d platformer any day over a 70 hour long you know 80 hour long open world game and you know and most people have time for both. most people will, will play big games and want to you know oh i've played a massive game now i just want something to you know enjoy for a for a a weekend or so.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean like uh, when I when I was growing up I uh, I think I was the only player in history to ever get soft locked in a level of Ratchet and Clank. Like <laughs> I was I was trapped in this level with all of these monsters around me. Uh I had no ammo and I couldn't do anything with my wrench at the time. And every time I died I just got respawned into the exactly the same place and I couldn't for the life of me work my way uh, out of it. So um, that's, that's, I think the extent of my 3d platformer experience right there. And <laughs> then these days, my favorite game is borderlands. And, um, yeah. I think, um, some people who know some of the other projects that I'm in, they can definitely tell. <laughs> so, um, the, it, it, it is a thing of sometimes I don't think people have maybe, um, an allergy or a, an aversion to specific genres of games. Maybe some do, maybe some specific genres or whole gameplay aspects but mm. i don't think that you have to be necessarily a big game person or uh, a, a a little game person you can have taste in everything sure oh yeah
1: yeah i'd say that i'd say there probably are some people that will exclusively play like short indie games mm. and People mm. play like the big triple games but i think most people that would kind of define themselves as a gamer like most people that that that, that is a big personality trait for them Mm. Most of those people will dip in and out of all kinds of genres and and different length games than indie and a and, um, certainly in my bubble anyway. In, in my bubble, that's definitely the case. In that, mm. you know, some playing a big game, playing a short game, and that's great. Like I, I think that's, I, I, I find that to be the ideal situation. Obviously, people should play whatever they want. Oh but yeah. I find it to be the ideal situation in that i'm taking in lots of different kinds of of, of games and, and you know uh, of all different genres and different budgets and some made by single people in 48 hours and <laughs> some made by 400 people in 48 years um but yeah it's just it's it's nice to have just and i think it's something i end up saying a lot on this podcast but it's just nice to broaden your horizons a bit with 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 games um, yeah absolutely but yeah if but if you just enjoy buying the FIFA game every year, and you, that, and you don't want to play anything else...
0: Right, I, that, no, I, will, I, I will completely go back on what I said before about people not having specific aversions to specific types of games. I can't stand sports games. Like That's just a personal thing. I, I am averse to... It's not just video games. It's anything to do with sports. I I just have an aversion to it.
1: I, I don't get on with realistic sports simulators Mm. but sort of more arcadey ones are fine like with with racing games even i don't really get on with realistic racing games but um the arcadey ones like the the retro ones Mm. and uh and obviously kart races and stuff absolutely fine who who
0: can't who can't break out the mario kart at a party who who is going to say no to mario kart at a party because no i don't play that game i don't like it who says (laughs) that there's there's no one who says that
1: absolutely everyone's going to
0: pick it up but pop out fours at a party hmm. Don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah, i think sometimes oh. people just there's there's an attachment to the unreal like mm. people can it, it, it's about accessibility like um when you've got something that's uh, soft and round and speaks to your inner child your inner fantasy uh so sort of like oh my god i can throw things at people when they're in cars at this in this game fantastic and then you got another game that's so all like Oh, there's cars driving. I, I can do that out of here. I, I can... You want me to drive in a circle in a forest right now? You want me to drive, like, 15, 20 miles an hour on, like, a dirt road? I, I can do that for you now. Just get in my car, and I'll take you to a place. We don't have to be yep. sat here and doing that.
1: <laughs> yep. That's, or however, get a banana shell and some... A banana A shell, a hat pop outside you can do a mario kart you can do it you can be mario kart
0: yeah i mean i think that would make real life ra- real life driving and real life formula one racing way more interesting for me at the very least
1: yeah that's it that's what we need a petition for mario yeah kart.
0: But- Lu- lewis hamilton just broke his record for um uh most uh races won by an individual person in formula one yeah i, I want to next up i want to see him break out a banana peel and throw it on the over the back of his car during the middle of the race i want to see how much fun that would be that would be really would, breaking records.
1: I would watch real life Mario Kart. I think <laughs> my so it's probably not, probably not worth it in the real world.
0: I think like every three years, there's a an article on Kotaku or something about this uh this karting place, this go kart place that is real life Mario Kart somewhere in the United States. It's always a different place every three years, yeah. but they try and do it, and it it makes me chuckle. It makes me chuckle that they've tried.
1: <laughs>
0: That's it. I hmm.
1: guess. Um, yeah, I, 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 talking talking about how re- realistic sports simulators and realistic driving games and stuff, I, I I don't personally find them very fun, but I I do get it. I yeah. I, I do I understand it. It's a bit like, um, you know, the complaint that people say, why would you watch someone play a game when you can play a game? Because oh, I want to. It's fun. I don't yeah. have to play it. It doesn't require as much thought. It's I imagine. I don't watch football, but I imagine it's like watching football instead of playing it. You get like a different experience out of it
0: um yeah and i mean like i think markiplier has personally cured every single short period of insomnia i've ever had not because of his not because i'm ever bored by him or anything but because his voice is just so damn amazing that that's probably the quality about it for me it's just having someone else in the room someone who can like give you that company that you solely need or in markiplier's case you know lull you to sleep like a little baby like that's just what his voice does for me he talks
1: like this and he talks real close to the mic and he he speaks like this.
0: It's that cadence of his voice, that depth, that, that rumble. And when he when he does those ASMR type videos where he's leaning in really close to the microphone, world's well, quietest Roblox playthrough. That just gets me every single time. <laughs> this is the ASMR special of the Toad on Games Podcast. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for coming along. <laughs> Let me just get out my scissors so that I can start slowly, slowly snipping my microphone cord. And while he does that, I'm going to
1: gently talk about the horrors of microtransactions and loot boxes.
0: <laughs> 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 oh God. but yeah, in in general, um that was that's that I, I don't want to say that, like, um, I brought personal beliefs about video games into uh, the development of Pumpkin Jack because I definitely didn't. I, I had I had no control over what the game was going to be. I just sort of like, I I got told what was going to happen, what we needed to be written, the conversations, uh, the characters that needed to be written. Sometimes I would have these little prompts, uh, and uh, like the situations that the instances that would require a line, and mm. um, that was my part really. But I I brought my A game to it for sure. Like the uh, there there were some things in the game that I'm I'm really glad that I didn't have to try and write an explanation for. Like, um, one thing that comes up a lot in the reviews is, uh, that the monsters and the humans are both fighting you because the monsters are stupid. They can't tell that you're on their side. And that was one of my things. That was one of the first things I did in the game was I said, um, okay, so why do the monsters attack Jack when he's on their side? And I had to sort of write that into a passage of dialogue that they were, um, they're stupid. They can't really tell you from a real human. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you get the gramophones—the gramophone achievable collectible thing—in uh, every level where you have to find a gramophone and uh, you you interact with it, and Jack does a little dance. I'm so glad I didn't have to write a single thing about that because I couldn't figure that out for the life of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. A, do you know what? I have not even thought about that. Yeah. But for a, for a quirky <laughs> little for a quirky 3D platformer. Like I don't, I can't imagine anyone would worry about. You know what I mean? Like no one's sitting going, "This gramophone doesn't make any logical sense. Why is it there? Why is he dancing?"
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely room in in it for that. It's like um, that everyone's got that little. Every game has that little room for things that don't quite make sense, but are just fun. Like, oh, why is it that every enemy in uh, Skyrim takes one arrow and dies, but you, magic man, take fifty arrows and you can still eat a block of cheese and walk away but that suspension of disbelief it's its funny to set uh, a foundation of disbelief in that sort of environment so that you can immediately challenge it later like that's why i love fourth wall jokes in video games mm. like when a game takes itself not too seriously seriously enough so that when they really just sort of tap on the on the screen and say hey Look, this bit doesn't make sense but just go with it, okay? Then it just it it just tickles me. Like I grew up with um the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and other Cartoon oh, yeah. Network shows and I think that some of uh Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy uh definitely inspired some of the writing that went into Pumpkin Jack. Uh and they used to do fourth wall jokes all the time and I love it when Cartoon Network shows uh, make uh, criticisms and comments about the ga- the, uh, the 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 cartoon industry and uh, animation in general mm. like um i can't remember what it's called that show but there's a viral clip that um that uh goes around every year or so of this villain trying to animate himself out of being uh or of, out of always losing to the hero and it's like oh animation is so hard people who do this for a living deserve more fame and respect Blink blink. <laughs> and yeah. I I love jokes like that. I I love when uh people take the uh, the the fact that they've got an audience and they use it to just sort of say, Hey, real life stuff happening here. This is something about the real world. And, mm-hmm. you know, how how um and not like necessarily in a political fashion, sort of like say, hey, you know what? Stories have contrivances. Like, sometimes mm. things in stories don't make sense, so you just got to sort of uh, be acknowledgeable of that and power through it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and also I've always, my, my, my stance has always just been that so long as it makes sense within its own world, you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, Pumpkin Jack, okay, you, you, you it makes sense that you had to explain why the monsters are attacking him. But yeah. In this world, there's gramophones, and Pumpkin Jack likes to dance them. <laughs> that's just that's what this world is, okay? That's, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 how it goes. He just likes a little dance, and that's yeah. fine. It's like, as you say, like it's suspension of disbelief, and and there are some, you know, no one complains about why there's floating potions in a game. Like exactly, just, there's, there's floating potions. That's how it goes. There's but there, then there's there a deep and storyline.
0: There, are, there are some. I I did just just while I've got the ability to talk about it. There are some things that went into Pumpkin Jack as well that um. That I, I've not seen a lot of people notice. Like um, oh. spoiler, spoiler alert. Like um, the villain of the game, the uh, the wizard. He's he's meant to be this uh, this this genius intellectual researcher. He's spent he's spent his whole life trying to study magic, and he's become the most um, the most powerful wizard in all the world, etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And he sees other people as test subjects. He's like a mad scientist in a way, and that's um, that's why. As, like, he didn't tell me he was doing this, but I think he did it as a credit to me for coming up with that angle for the wizard. The developer actually puts a little laboratory setup scene in every level of the game or at least most of them. Like, if you go through every single level of Pumpkin Jack, uh, most of them, there is a little area where there's some shelves and some beakers and a little chemistry yeah. set that's, like, magical-looking, and it has no right to be there. there. There is no way for it to be there. And because they're still chasing this wizard everywhere, like, the assumption is, oh, hey, this is how you know he has come through here because he's set up his little chemistry set to do little research while he was here. hmm and there are just some little uh, puns and everything uh, in the writing that I did leave for people. Like how um, one, of, uh, one of the lines that I've always seen people laugh at is a, a line in level two where um, the crow's like, Jack, I know what you're thinking. And Jack says, I could use this minecart to go faster. Or this if this emo canary doesn't shut up, uh, I'm yeah. going to use him as pillow stuffing. And the emo canary part I, I I loved that because it made it, it was just funny to think of, but it also I also use canary in particular because they're in they're in a mine, they're in a mine. You have canaries in mines, ah. to, yeah, yeah. Like um, I mean, you you have a canary in a cage to tell you when there's a gas leak when you're mining. So it made it made sense for him to reference the fact that the that um they're in a mine and there's a bird there, sort of telling him what not to do. Easter egg hunter, if you're listening. Just make sure you credit this, yeah? Credit,
1: <laughs> credit this podcast thanks. Um, yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I hadn't put that to... I, I do remember... I literally remember that emo canary line. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, it's I hadn't had, put that together. That's
0: interesting. It's it's just like some of the little puns and the little references. Uh, I, I like being able to give someone something to think about, like... Mm. I don't want to say that I want to be the person who people in five years from now will still sort of like be analyzing the genius philosophical works of Pumpkin Jack on Tumblr or whatever. But I like giving people sort of like, huh, that's that, yeah. I had to think a second to get that one, but yeah, that, that, yeah. I get it. I like
1: that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to, it's nice to leave that sort of stuff in. Mm. Do you feel that? Do you feel that in your writing that you kind of end up injecting some of your own personality into it?
0: Mm, I think that everyone kind of injects a little bit of their personality into their work on a subconscious level. Uh, to mm. get a little philosophical here, <clears throat> there was a, um, there was I, I, it, it kind of ties into the politic of writing. There's um. A quote by George Orwell, who I won't say is my favourite writer, but I will say he is the writer that I had to read the most in college. Uh, he once wrote in, I think it was an essay called On Writing or uh, Writing in the Spanish War or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember the title of the specific essay, but he says mm-hmm. that the idea that art should be completely separate from political opinion is in itself a political opinion. Yeah. So yeah. it's, 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 and I, I take that to mean that it's kind of impossible that you can entirely separate your beliefs and your personality from the work that you make. Because mm-hmm. if you are painting what you think is beautiful, it's what you think is beautiful. It doesn't necessarily, that, 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 that's why art is so subjective. That's why beauty is in the eye of the beholder when it comes to art, is because it's people making what they like. Mm -hmm. so personality it's a given that your that your work will always represent who you are because if it was representing someone else it would be entirely different
1: 100 percent, yeah and it's interesting you bring that up really because i i obviously i've come from a video game journalism background so i used to not, I don't do it so much at the moment, but I use full-time like review video games and stuff. Hmm. And frequently, as I'm sure anyone listening will have will have actually seen and heard this, and maybe even said this. Um, <laughs> they will they, you will frequently in reviews get people say, "Oh, this is this is your bias. You're so biased. You're biased <laughs> reviewing this. This is your own bias." And it's just like, do you what is an objective review? Like people will say, "Oh, please write an objective review. What, what the hell is an objective review? This is a video game. You press buttons. You may or may not like it. Thanks for reading. Like, <laughs> this, this, there is no possible way of doing that because even through critical analysis, you are injecting your own likes and dislikes and personality. And, 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 and yeah, and that, that follows through to, you know, art forms uh, yeah. developing and, and everything. I think it's, as you say, it's just you can't remove yourself from the things that you are doing. Um,
0: like you can't, you can't expect uh, a piece, even if it's be it trying to be as objective or as fair to the work as possible, in any sort of journalism, you can't expect any kind of uh, possible like complete flat out objectivism. Like mm. if you're trying to just state the facts of the game, like the the article is written in Ben Stein's voice, that guy from uh, Ferris Bueller, who's all that 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 the guy with the most boring voice possible. Uh, If you're trying to make it sound like it was written from the most unexpressive, unopinionated, boring person ever, then (laughs) you can't do that because even that guy has political opinions. Even that guy knows what he wants to do, what he likes, what he dislikes, and that all affects what he's doing, what he does, what he says. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that... Uh, in the example of specifically you and other video game journalists trying to be fair and impartial, like I think I feel like it's it's kind of uh, an unattainable glory in a way. Mm. Like the same is a concept that I think about a lot with originality in storytelling. I don't think there's any possible way to be textbook definition original anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, after the first few stories were told, most things you can put in a story that are completely separate from the other stories were already in there. Like, I think that what people need to be striving for when they are creating something these days, when you're writing or when you're uh, painting or when you're creating a game or whatever, you need to be distinct You can't shy away from what's inspired you or what has done things similar to you before, but you need to create a new light on it. You need to find a way of changing the lens and reinterpreting what's been there before. And if you try and shy away from that, if you try and go against your basic instinct, because the reason a bunch of this stuff is already out there is because it's good like if something is tried and tested you can't really fault it for being in quite a lot of stuff if you're trying to go against everything that's ever been done before likely you're shooting yourself in the foot doing that for the reason that there's a reason it wasn't there to begin with Mm -hmm. but that's just that's me that is me getting political in writing
1: I don't know. I don't know how we got quite this deep. (laughs) Uh,
0: Most people who talk to me have that. Like most people who talk to me say that. (laughs) Uh,
1: You're completely right. Of course. Yeah. That, that applies to, to, to everything, Um, obviously writing and voice acting, but but everything else. um, Yeah, it really does. Hmm. And I think, I think, I think hearing that and accepting that, like if there are any, if there are any people that are interested in in writing or voice acting or anything, um, I think that's a good thing to kind of acknowledge and accept. Like, I, I, obviously, I can't speak for you, and I have no experience with it. But I imagine voice actors will have some moments where, they're like, oh, I hope that doesn't sound too much like this, or I hope, that yeah, doesn't sound. It must be, it must be a troublesome to just come up with something completely wholly unique all the time.
0: Exactly. I mean, like, you've there's the, there, there is no such thing as I think as having an original voice when you're bringing it to mm. a character because when you cast in voice acting, you're relying on not just archetypes but even the subconscious coding like you have you know in your mind what sounds heroic so you know what a heroic voice needs to sound like Mm -hmm. Uh, you can have uh, a different modus operandi for how you cast a specific role based on your personal conscious beliefs about what that character is Uh, and if you're going a different direction with that character then by all means but there is a that there's a reason that the trends exist. There's a reason that people know what the quote quote anime protagonist voice is. There's a million anime protagonist voices. Like there's there's the voices of every different anime protagonist ever, and there's a bunch of different anime protagonists. But people know what the anime protag voice is because it's it, it it's unconscious. It's the biggest trend in anime voice acting. So mm. trying to, it's, it's it's like that phrase trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, you can make whatever you want. You can make whatever shape you want, but it's probably not going to work the exact same way. It's probably going to have an entirely different purpose. You're probably going to make a, a square plate or something if you try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's the whole thing. You, you can try really hard to be completely different, and sometimes it'll work, like, on a complete, there, There is a chance that it could be exactly what the person is looking for. But at the same time, there is nothing wrong with sort of acknowledging that they're looking for what they're looking for because there's a reason for it. There's a history. There's a foundation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, looking through already, like the voice credits you have, you have a lot of voice credits already. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I mean, even just again, like before we, before we recorded, like just taking notes and stuff, I was just like, Jesus, like you've already done so many like video game voices and then another media voices and stuff. And at at that point when you have that many, it's like there are going to be some voices that sound like some of the other voices. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's going to
0: happen. 100%. Yeah. That's going to happen. And I think, uh, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of anything or anyone, but it, it, it's a misconception that some people go into it. Like, of course, some people have fantastic range of what they can do with their voices. Like, there are some people out there who can completely change their voices so that you can play maybe four characters in a scene and not be able to tell that they were all done by the same person. Like, mm-hmm. there's Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc, the, the man of a thousand voices... Um, he, he was fantastic at being able to change his voice so that his characters were completely distinct. Maybe some of them you could tell were being done by the same person, but not all of them. Hmm. Like, um, back then, before you knew Mel Blanc by name and who he played, if you put all of the characters in, like, a sample compilation and asked people completely unfamiliar with Looney Tunes and Mel Blanc, okay, who played how many of these characters do you think were played by the same person? Then you might get like maybe, uh, I think half of them were played by the same person. But no one, I would think, would be able to say like, oh, all of these were done by the same person. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you are not the biggest expert on your own voice sometimes. There's a bunch of different reasons for that, but it's, it's a matter of perspective. You know how your voice sounds to you, and that sounds different to how everyone else hears it. And what people are looking for for the characters in the casting booth, at, at the point of casting, is it's different to what you imagine the voice would sound like based on the copy, you know? Mm-hmm, so yeah. it's about finding that middle ground. Sometimes people will actually just be exactly what the developer will look for. But at the same time, sometimes their passion and their interpretation comes across. So when they're auditioning, they, they are injecting themselves into the, into the role. Yeah. And their voice is speaking on behalf of their interpretation. And the person listening is sort of like, yes, I agree with this interpretation.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. I think, um, I mean, if you were watching a movie, you wouldn't wouldn't go, that's Jennifer Lawrence. I can (laughs) recognise that's Jennifer Lawrence. She was in another one. (laughs) Yeah, she was in another film. Like, that's not going to take you out of it. Like... I I think it's acceptable. I I, I suppose perhaps even because of Mel Blanc, when your average Joe thinks voice acting, they think, hello, this is me, I'm Jerry. This is me, I'm Barry. But sometimes it's just like, okay, we want you to to talk sort of stoic. You're like, okay, hi, this is my character. And it's like, that's how it is sometimes. And so I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but yeah, it's just that, it's just, I find and and obviously hmm. again not my industry but even <laughs> on my side I find that a lot of people that want to go into voice acting start off feeling like that's how it's going to be like that they have to invent lots of different voices um it's about making your
0: voice up. the best that it can be in the applicable mm-hmm. scenarios like if you are putting your pressure, if you're putting all of that pressure on yourself and your voice to be perfect for every single audition out of a thousand you do, then it kind of really, really will set you up for a big disappointment. But if you only focus on making your voice as perfect as it can be for what it is, then even the one gig that you book will feel amazing because you know that it's it's your voice. It's the role that you were meant to play and like a a lot of people these days they do sort of have some key inspirational figures like uh, you've got dan wait is it dan hart no justin roiland the other guy justin roiland uh um the other rick and morty guy uh and his whole thing is that he plays both rick and morty and they are two completely distinct voices but they're done by the same person very very well by the same person and people these days when they go into voice acting for animation they sort of feel like they have to be able to do that but as Mm. long as your voice is done to the best of what you can do with it then you've got an entirely different skill set than uh what you're thinking about going in like being able to do a Gollum voice versus a uh, uh a rick voice versus um uh, a spike from Cowboy Bebop voice. Those are all great voices to have, but if you don't have the person, the the, the performance to go behind it, then you're really not you you're not going to get far. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I guess it comes down to a casting directing thing as well. Then, really, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. there, and it's not even to say that in voice acting you can't make it just by having one voice that you do pretty much every single time. Like one of my voice acting heroes is, it's going to take me a second because it, for no other reason than I am the worst with names. I can barely remember my own name sometimes. <laughs> but But um, he's, he's the voice of uh, Invader Zim, Richard Horvitz. It came to me as soon as I gave up saying it. Richard Horvitz, <laughs> uh, you know him as Billy from Billy and Mandy, uh, Zim from Invader Zim uh god i can't, moxie i think from a uh, hell of a boss uh he's also in um skylanders or whatever it is the the, the spyro multiplayer game mm-hmm. as as dr chaos i think his name is, is, is chaos it's all basically the same voice the yeah, guy yeah. uses the same voice for all of those characters and he does amazingly with it he's one of the greatest mm-hmm. voice actors that i can think of because he goes all in on what he knows he can do to the best of his ability like it's like that phrase a jack of all trades and a master of none sometimes Mm -hmm. it's better to be a master of one than uh, a jack of all who isn't quite good up to snuff on any of them
1: yeah 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 that's all really interesting uh, looks at it really i mean it's 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 never something I've had a, f- a proper conversation about, and I'm sure that is the case for a lot of pe- aspiring voice actors because there are a lot of aspiring voice actors. Hmm. And um, hopefully, if any are listening to this, hopefully that that helps. Like that kind of knowledge helps. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we should tail this. This this may be a trap question. I guess <laughs> we should tail this off. This might oh, be
0: you're going to trap me, mate.
1: <laughs> uh, um, but how would how, is is there any advice you would tell someone for managing to start off? In voice acting? I know that's, I know that is a horrible question to
0: ask. Um, uh, not really. I mean, people think it's a horrible question to ask, sort of, how do you get started? But um, there's a couple of easy answers that aren't platitudes. Like you think, oh, never give up or, uh, oh, yeah. do your best or, oh, uh, just, just, just take yourself seriously but don't put too much pressure yourself okay here's some practical advice uh invest in good tech uh take lessons take classes so that you know how to actually do the acting part of the voice acting and um always keep improving yourself uh if you're if you're if you're trying to uh upgrade your tech all the time that's a good thing if you're always sort of looking for ways in which you can build your skill set in audio engineering or eq balancing for your own auditions and such uh, then that's fantastic as well that's a very useful skill Uh, if you want to take some improv classes so that you can characterize really quickly in auditions fantastic as well there are lots Mm -hmm. of practical ways that you can increase your chances from the get-go when you're starting out in voice acting, and another way is another thing is to i'd say is yeah the 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 one about taking that pressure off yourself is a big one because some people set themselves up for having that pressure on their shoulders from the very beginning and they bow out really quickly because they're not living up to their own expectations no don't do that don't do that like take yourself seriously for sure but don't Put it on you to be a success right from the get go. That 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 would be my yeah. advice.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. That's 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 it's good to hear and hopefully helpful to <laughs> to folk out there. Yeah, genuinely. I mean, I mean, as you say, like it's it's the the obvious. Like, don't give up. Keep doing it. Mm. You'll get there. That's like, of course, but but not very helpful. But yeah, yeah that, that sort of stuff is 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 helpful and good to to take on board for sure
0: exactly like like um there's 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 a difference between advice that's applicable to you any day like if someone gave you the advice to never give up okay you've told me that every day like (laughs) when do you get something that is relevant today like advice that's relevant today can sometimes be worth um a year of being told the same advice that is applicable every day if that makes any sense at all (laughs)
1: It does. It does. I mean, I mean, and you answered it very well. Because to be honest, I will occasionally have people that will message me and be like, "Hi Ryan, how do I get into the games industry?" Mm. And I, I, I genuinely struggle to answer, like because, and you know, there, there is advice you can give, obviously. Like you know, if, if it's writing you want to get, and now that I've brought it up, I feel like I have to say, it. <laughs> if, if it's, if it's, <laughs> if, it's, if, it, if it's games reviewing and writing you want to get into. Um, start off at small sites. Like there are lots of outlets and magazines and stuff out there that are yeah. always looking for people. You can go and do it. Go and write for them. Um, you know, b- build that up. Even start your own site. Start start your own blog. Learn how SEO works. And and you don't have to be earning money off of it or have a massive website. As long as you have something, then you can apply for pitches. You can pitch to the larger websites, and then you've done it. Done. And that's how most people end up doing it. They just pitch. Uh, but yeah. it helps if you have some experience. Um, but of course, luck plays a part in anything. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It
0: is it's, it's and... it is that fundamental rule of this. It's sort of um, do everything you can do with the caveat of and don't expect it to work right away. Uh, mm. Or sometimes don't expect it to work at all. Just hope that it does and never give up the dream that it will work. Like yeah. sometimes luck is all that you are missing. And Mm -hmm. people sort of put that as a personal failure. But no, no, it's not. It's just about how things work. It's how things pan out.
1: Yeah, it's just about stacking the cards in your favour so that when luck can come about, you've got everything else done, everything else is sorted.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's about, in a way, I guess it's like making sure that you're prepared for when you're lucky enough to be successful. Like when you have that foundation of, if I am successful, I'll know what to do about it. If I'm given this opportunity, then I will be fully prepared. I'll be adequately trained. I'll be adequately knowledgeable and I will be ready to take the next step forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and hopefully all that is, is super good advice for for everyone. Yeah. I hope Um, so. I hope that's good advice. (laughs) Um, I will I will let you leave and live and live your own life. Um <laughs> do you want to thank you so much for, for doing this by the way. Like that was Oh no, week. no,
0: I, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a real it's been, pleasure.
1: It's been fabulous. We spoke about pumpkin jack, we spoke about voice acting and tips, we got deep, we joked, <laughs> we did it, we did it all. We lived it, we did it. Um, do you want to tell everyone uh, where they can find you if they want to go follow you on the interwebs?
0: All right, well, um, basically the biggest contact directory that they have for me is www.reesebridger.com, R-E-E-C-E-B-R-I-D-G-E-R, because there's about seven different ways of spelling my own name that I've found so far. It's ridiculous uh you can also find me at twitter at reese underscore bridger god damn it that's gonna haunt me the rest of my life uh you can find me on facebook as well and or you can just basically google me and i think that there's not enough reese bridges in the world for anyone else to be above me which is
1: perfect that's that's what you want isn't it oh uh, um, yeah all of those links will be in the description wherever you're listening to this as well so yeah do feel free to go and badge him and tell him how much you're bloody loving pumpkin jack because it is good in it oh thanks um <laughs>
0: <laughs> approval
1: <laughs> and and genuinely if 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 you're listening to this and you haven't seen or played it go go and watch a trailer it's one of those games that i feel that if you are ever going to be interested in it watching the trailer will do the trick like you go oh yeah that's for me or if it's not you'll see that it's not um yeah. but it is good like if you're into that kind of game no worries on this one like this one's a good one um cool uh, thank you so much for, for coming on this was a blast um, oh a no problem shame. at all
0: thank you so much for having me
1: no worries at all um i will catch you on the interwebs and for everyone else thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time Goodbye. thank you very much bye-bye thank you for listening to another episode of the toad on games podcast and remember if you want to support the podcast i.e. me buying Digimon toys and video games you can do so at www.patreon.com slash where you will get early access to every single episode which is four episodes a month they are out publicly every Monday but you get you get them like three days early which is pretty pretty good maybe there'll be some exclusives in some of them who knows and of course you also get a shout out on the podcast so thank you to Andy Jones Kamal Palahur Far Few Giants Robert Cathals James Coop Thomas Francesco Limus, EMH Richard, Corey Class, Chris Wood, Gregory Phillips, Lee Chapman, Stephen, Andy Robertson, Gregory Kroll, Joe Sheedy, and Ryan Winter. Thank you so, so much for supporting this. Um, please do tell me if I've said any of your names wrong or if you want to be called something else. Um, terrible with names. And yeah, if if you do want to support the podcast, please head over to that link. It is incredibly appreciated. You will also see some epic new branding on uh wherever you're listening to this and on patreon some awesome new art format, mallard art um do check the description for the links to them and i will catch you on the next episode where we'll be interviewing talking to someone else from the video game industry so thank you so much and i'll catch you then